Welcome to the first episode of Tranquil Dreams Podcast, a project that I've been thinking about for a long time. And it's finally come to reality. And the best thing to do is obviously as I approach the 10th blogiversary this year for Tranquil Dreams, I decide to kick things into action and just work on it. For those who frequent the blog, you already know that I've already mentioned what the podcast is generally going to be about. Um, it's going to be bringing one of the segments, which is What's Up. It's a weekly recap uh, that's going to be talking about what I'm currently reading, playing, watching, binging. Um, finished and in progress, of course. And it's going to be a quick overlook at some of the highlights and my personal recommendations. Um, other than that, the podcast is going to be about... Uh, basically, the idea that brought it all together was that I wanted a platform to be able to talk about the crazy amount of TV series that I watch, whether it's variety shows or TV dramas or mostly focused on Chinese TV drama since that's my current angle that I'm working on and something that I'm kind of diving in and learning a little bit more about. Plus, it's pretty accessible now with uh, with it showing up more on Netflix and on YouTube and some other free outlets like iQiyi and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to always talk about where you can find it at the same time. Um... Another thing that might happen and something that I've also I've always wanted to do but I'm not sure about whether I want to do it yet um, is working on uh, segments for originals and adaptations. I had done one on YouTube before that was for Carrie, uh, which was looking at the book and that versus the um, the two movie remakes just like an, that's an example of how it would be a setup of what I've done before that really kind of triggered the idea, but that's already been a few years. Um, basically, that's going to be the structure of the Tranquil Dreams podcast at this point, um, and a quick little intro to what to expect down the road. Um, obviously, I always take recommendations. I always want to hear your thoughts on how this is. I'm really new on this solo podcasting, so <laughs> I'm really hoping that I'll be able to hold up this show and keep things interesting. I mean, uh, I always just co-host with um, with someone else, uh, with my same co-host pretty much, Elwood Jones, for Movies and Tea and Game Warp, two shows that you can also check out. But this is more of a personal project, something that gives me a platform to talk, um, especially as I head into 10 years of writing um, and blogging. It's really nice to be able to share some thoughts that's been in my head that's um, just different from the normal routine that I've had over the last 10 years and, you know, still working on, obviously. Without further ado, um, enough of this uh, intro. Um, hopefully that, you know, if you have any suggestions of what topics you want me to talk about or things like that, you can always drop me a comment or tell me about it or, you know, something like that. And um, on all the social media outlets, I'll share that at the end of the podcast. And let's get, get right into it. And we're going to talk about the first week of 2021. Um, this is going to overlap a bit of uh, the end of December. If you want to have a reference of where things stopped, um, I have a what's up that was the last one was did ended um, about December 29th or so, somewhere in the midweek of December. Um, this is going to be a little bit different. I'm aiming to release an episode every Friday. Um, with that said, what's up week one, 2021. Um, so first topic, uh, what I'm currently reading. I always start with what I'm reading because that's going to be the lightest topic out of everything. Um, 
Right now, I'm still reading Wayward Kindred, which is a Toronto comics graphic novel is what you'd call it. Um, it actually, the story is, the stories, it's pretty much an anthology of different stories that are put together by various Canadian artists. And um, this time it's focused on a lot of more kind of um, interesting subjects. It's full of uh, monsters and um, very interesting type of characters. I'm only about halfway through. I'm working very, very slowly through it. It has a lot to do with the holidays and not really having the time to read. But um, there are some really, really cool ideas so far in the book, and I don't really want to talk about too much of it at this point until I finish it, which hopefully will be something that will happen next week. Moving forward, uh, playing would be uh, games. I always like to cover a bit of that since um, Game Warp was in hiatus for a little while, but we should be getting back into action very soon. Um, actually gaming, I've been doing pretty well. I've been working through the Xbox Game Pass and um, a lot of the games that are on there. We have an upcoming episode on Game Warp that's uh, going to be about Tell Me Why, episode one, which is going to be pretty much an Im first impressions of that game itself. Um, Tell Me Why, if you don't know, is another game if I don't nod entertainment. If you're a gamer, you probably know them best for Life is Strange. And uh, Life is Strange is a fun little, you know, type of narrative adventure, which is this pretty much the same thing as Tell Me Why. Tell Me Why takes place in Alaska and in a little small town with two siblings that you can kind of, uh, you take turns kind of playing between the two characters as you start going back and kind of facing the demons in, in the process of selling the house. That sort of thing I don't want to get too much into. It's um, going to be pretty uh i don't want to have any spoilers for that if you want to play it but episode one is really really fun um definitely a comeback for don't nod in the sense of narrative adventure to something a lot more heartfelt like life is strange um after all the sequels they've done and the world they've built you can really see some of the signs of life is strange in this one um tell me why still has that kind of supernatural type of thing this sort of um uh, telepathic powers between the siblings um, that sort of you know they like each of the characters they always make would have some kind of powers and in this case it's telepathic uh, which is pretty cool in that sense where you get to see these memories pop up and the story kind of pieces together as they meet these different characters especially when um, it's actually one of they say that it's one of the first games to have to explore kind of this uh, to have a transgender character as their main character, which is um, the brother character, Tyler. And uh, it kind of touches lightly on this sort of subject of how people uh, face them after he's come back after 10 years uh, when he left being a little girl and now coming back as a grown man. So very interesting stuff, lots of stuff to look into. I'm definitely going to be heading into episode two and three to finish up the game and um, I'll talk about how I feel after that. Um, other than that, I also jumped into Katana Zero. Katana Zero is pretty much a 2D action platform adventure game, a uh, video game, which is um, most, it's, it's on Xbox and then it's on Steam and Switch pretty much. Uh, the game is very fast paced, although there is still kind of this um, element of, it's very stylish, there's a bit of this um, noir type, type of element to it, the world itself is pretty nice, and it's just about this killer who is sent out on a mission every day 
to pretty much every day they are carried out mission to assassinate someone on their list. Um, and basically they have to follow the orders of whether to do it in stealth or not, or, and see if you're able to manage to do all that sort of things. There are some pretty fun stuff. I'm about halfway through the game right now, so I'm going to be working through more of it as I go. Um, the game itself is actually pretty interesting. I mean, there's a lot of slash and it's an instant death. So the game process actually turns itself around a lot because it kind of makes it seem like the character itself is playing and replaying different scenarios, which is the exact way of how you're playing the game. And every time you die, you restart from the beginning and it goes in segments as like you're moving through different portions of that one level to move forward. So the structure itself is really different from some of the other games, which kind of work backwards where you die and then you start over. But in this sense, it's like you can kind of find the perfect way and there's many different ways that you can approach every single situation. Um, so definitely very innovative. I'm, I'm a really big fan. This, it's definitely one to try if you have the Xbox Game Pass. I mean, it's free on there and uh, there it, it's, it's a fun little game. I have, I feel like at one point I'm going to plateau since my reflexes are not so good, but um, I'm hoping that, you know, with over time, I'm going to be able to finish it, <laughs> hopefully sooner rather than later so that I can move on to other games. Now, movies is um, the watching section is actually kind of bare this week. <laughs> I don't know if it's the holidays and I've been really just binging on TV, which is going to be the next section and it's going to be huge. Um, but a lot of time, a lot of the movie watching is just this time is just one movie and it was uh, Crazy Rich Asians, a movie that I've actually been kind of a little bit unsure about because I'm really worried about movies that kind of trap Asians in being an Asian myself. I'm a little worried about movies trapping them into this kind of stereotype. And I guess because a lot of this is things that I see in TV series, but just in kind of like a shrunken version, it feels very, um, I guess it's not exactly what I'd ex imagine it to be. They sell Crazy Rich Asians a lot as a romantic comedy. I'm more on believing that it's kind of a comedy with romantic elements, even if the story is essentially about, um, you know, a romantic couple, pretty much, that go to Singapore and try to impress the girl, tries to impress the guy's rich family and parents and such. Um, but in reality, I mean, I haven't done the review yet. That's coming up really soon on the blog. But... Uh, for me, I think Crazy Rich Asians, the best elements of it definitely is the comedy, especially when we're talking about Aquafina, who has definitely over time really shown how she's not only a comedic actress, but also a dramatic one, like in The Farewell. She has a bit of dark humor to her. And in this one, she's kind of like a guiding light to the main, the main character, and especially as she's the best friend. So she's kind of telling her about all these things, uh, about the rich families and who these people she's, she wants that, that her, her boyfriend's family is. The, the character of Peck Lin is definitely one of my favorites in, in the movie itself. But seeing as there's no other movies <laughs> to recommend, I'd say that, you know, Crazy Rich Asians is definitely one that I would recommend. It's, it's still a lot of fun to watch. 
um, if you take it as uh, more of just a comedy. And plus, there's a lot of really cool comedians and, and such in there. And I mean, Michelle Yao is always a pleasure to watch on TV because she's so elegant and so wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah, like she, Michelle Yao is really, really amazing. And she's just got so much class, even when you put her inside a movie like this. I would have never pictured Michelle Yao doing a rich mom that is opposing to the poor girl trying to get into the family. Because <laughs> that's such a um, familiar type of plotline when it comes to Chinese dramas. Um, so this is very interesting in that sense, uh, especially since it brings in that whole Eastern Western values and the culture clash. We're going into the binging. Um, I'm only really going to look at some of the some of the stuff that I've been watching uh, or that I'm going to dive a little bit more in the ones that I finished watching. But, you know, I'm still watching a few variety shows like on YouTube, which is Chinese variety shows called one is Meeting Mr. Right season three which is pretty much girl celebrities, uh, single girl celebrities, being paired up on this kind of blind date to hopefully find themselves a boyfriend. And um, the last episode is coming up now uh, next week, and that's going to end the series where they're going to make their final decision after three phases of whether they're going to continue or continue with this relationship and make it official. The next one is Shine Super Brothers, which is pretty much a celebrity, pretty much a competition show for to create a boy band, I guess, a boy group, a man group. I don't know how you call it. It's pretty much um, all, it's pretty much a 18, I think it's 18 or 20, it's 21, um, different age groups of already celebrities. They're, they have certain popularity, different levels of popularity between them. Some of them, you know, they range from, I think the youngest is 21 all the way to the oldest is like 40 something, 48 or something like that, 47. And they all have different backgrounds and they pretty much have to put together these shows to try and, you know, be in the top of the uh, of the uh, audience votes so that the top few will get the get the chance to perform again in the next one whereas the lowest few people who will will pretty much be forced to um, fight for survival they have to do a performance that uh, they have to pass much uh, more critical uh, more criticism in order to uh, pass through and kind of get to the next stage to see if they get the chance to perform. So they have to fight for that. Um, other than that, I mean, it's uh, Who's the Murderer? Season 6 is one of those Chinese variety shows, which is kind of like a big escape room, but it's more of like a big detective story where these group of um, celebrity, well, these group of actors and such uh, get together and they get into different roles. So you have to try and find out who the who the who the murderer in the group is out of the scenario they have a whole set and they have to look for the clues and piece them together and that sort of thing um it's pretty entertaining i've really i started watching this uh in season four so over the last uh the last two seasons and this one um it's definitely pretty solid i'm pretty impressed by how big the stages are uh, for these setups and the different types of stories especially because a lot of times it links to um 
current movie uh, subjects or links into kind of a little bit of pop culture in different ways, uh, both Western and Chinese. So it's a bit of a blend of different topics. Other than that, I mean, uh, in progress is a new one that I started is When We Write Love Story Season 1, which is currently on Tencent. Uh, three actors and three actresses where um, they have to pick their own partner and then they have to create their own TV series um, based on their interpretation of a love story that they want to show. So it's pretty interesting because each of them actually have a different um, look and everyone's approaching it at a different angle. One of them is a little bit more um, the kind of like a college romance um, one of them is building one that's about a um, time travel sort of deal where there's like a mesh, there's like a mesh in time between current days and like the 19, I think it was 30s or something. Um, a little bit like the lake house type of, type of idea. And then you have something, and then the last one is a more of a drama of like long-term friends who are kind of scared to approach the idea of love. And I mean, it's fairly early. They've only gone about three episodes so far, so you can still see them putting these different episodes together and um, the ideas that they're having. I really like this because it is a really creative type of outlet, and you can see how actors and actresses, without the you know, having that ability not just to act out scripts, but also giving them the chance to kind of open their mind a little to um, this world of script writing and giving them kind of a different outlet to, you can see the characters that they are and the type of people um, a little bit more. I think that's one of the essence of Chinese variety shows that I really like is they like to do a lot of this reality show element so that, um, people, the general public can kind of really see and kind of befriend a little and kind of understand a little more of what this actor and actress is as a real life person, that they're pretty much not so different from everybody else. And I mean, in reality, China is, you know, there's so much population and that really translates to how people see them in TV series and even the variety shows themselves because there's so much competition with all these people that are going into um, the the show business and whatnot. It's it's pretty much really saturated and there's a lot of choice. Some people will never get past their first TV drama and then some people won't get further than, you know, building up their career. Something might be a success, but there's so many TV series that happen at the same time throughout a year that it's impossible to really stand out that way. Um, it's very different from, say, like, America's, where, you know, we have a TV series, which is a season, and then, you know, every week we have something that goes on. But in this one, it's, it's pretty much you have one that goes through, and then something happens, and then you never know when your next type of show is going to be. So these kind of variety shows kind of keep their popularity going a little and kind of draw them a little closer to the audience. At least for me, that's what it feels. Sometimes some of the stories are pretty touching, especially when there's reality shows, which is um, a lot more meaningful, I guess, than just this, like a lot more meaningful in the sense that it's doing something good for the society around them. Um, other than that, I mean, we started, um, the husband and I started The Uncanny Counter, which is a Netflix original um, Korean series about um, this this group of people who um, are revived with the one of the, with the ability to hunt down evil spirits. 
the story itself is pretty funny. I mean, it's it's actually for the content that it is. It's it has both a lot of action and it's pretty cool in the sense that there's a lot of very funny moments, especially with the addition of their new member, which is where the story starts of a teenage boy who um, had lost his parents. And then he starts realizing um, about halfway well, right now, I'm halfway through that, you know, there's a deeper connection to him and the other and another member of this group. Um, it's a bit of a ragtag team, but it's also pretty funny because they are, as they usually would be. Um, I'm really looking forward to finishing this. I'm hoping that I'll finish it probably this coming weekend, and then um, I'll talk more about how I feel about the series as a whole, since I'm only about maybe two-thirds of the way through, probably. Um, so, moving on to something more exciting, uh, I also finished three series this week. Um, probably the lightest one to talk about is The Best Leftovers Ever, which is a Netflix series, obviously, um, because I always jump onto these new food competition things the first moment that I can. And The Best Leftovers Ever is pretty cool because you get to take a look at these people who are using different types of leftovers to create um, whatever theme type of food they are, to change it into something completely different. It's a, it's a pretty nice show overall, I'd say. Um, it's pretty fun. Uh, there is a decent amount of episodes compared to the last two other shows right now. Um, running at about, I think it's eight episodes or something. Another Netflix series that I finished, uh, which is probably the talk of the town right now, is Bridgerton. I've never read any of the books, but Bridgerton, um, the first season is focused on Daphne Bridgerton, who meets um, Duke Hastings and their little fake ruse that turns really real and her sexual awakening. So, um, but Bridgerton is interesting. Um, it's one that I really do think it's it's a guilty pleasure type of, type of uh, binge, <laughs> which makes it very binge-worthy because the, it's really fun at the beginning. And as Daphne goes through her sexual awakening, it's where the story gets really interesting because then you start having that phase of her um, being with Duke Hastings. And um, these two are incredible. Their chemistry is just off the books. Like every single scene that they're together, the conversation they're together, and the development between the two characters is probably the highlight of the entire movie. Um, everyone else obviously takes kind of like a backseat, even if there are some characters there they're not completely fleshed out um but for i mean bridgerton based on the season one it's definitely something that's really fun to watch uh i'm not sure how the books are going to be but it did get me to buy this book series um at least i think the first three books was in the series that i bought at least and um i'm looking forward to see how this and the original is going to be similar or different because um, I had, I feel like there was a little bit of disjointedness, but then I really feel like Bridgerton is meant to be just enjoyed as a guilty pleasure with all those beautifully choreographed um, sex scenes. <laughs> There's a lot of them, so it it gets increasingly a lot as we get to um, the second half of the series and. Um, obviously conflicts happen and then the dynamic changes between the two and all that sort of stuff comes in and um, 
You know, Bridgerton is one I definitely recommend. It would depend whether you really like this sort of old-timey, um, you know, uh, kind of upper society sort of thing where it's all about girls coming out. But the world that they create is pretty interesting where um, it adds in this kind of gossip girl e uh, element of having this uh, lady whistle down who pops in with her her uh, weekly news of something or daily news or something of like gossip around town and putting in speculations and sh leaking secrets and stuff of all the people in the society. Um, and the whole question of who Lady Whistledown is becomes this really interesting type of topic that comes into play. Um, and I mean, one of the best elements is of course Lady Whistledown is voiced by Julie Andrews which, you know, I personally love. <laughs> so it was such a surprise, but at the same time, I was, it was such a pleasant surprise, I think. Um, Bridgerton definitely is one of those, uh, I don't know whether I'm going to remember it for all its detail, but I mean, in the sense of how, like, beautifully filmed the sex scenes are and the outfits they have and even the settings of all these parties and such, it's it's definitely re done really really well um to i guess round off everything tonight is going to be the last thing that i finished off which i kind of held on to the last three episodes of this tv series this chinese tv drama that i've been binging for a while um called midsummer full of love um it's on tencent as well um it's starring uh chow Yu yang which is um previously to people who know the chinese um, industry. She was, she won the um, girl group competition, uh, the initial one, pretty much the Produce 101, which uh, for Rocket Girls, um, and she was the initial group, which already disbanded as of last year. And uh, you know, she's been in TV series a lot, and this is actually the second one that I've watched of her. And this one was actually really surprising because she's paired up with. Timmy Shu, which is also some uh, and and a guy that I've seen in a lot of variety shows, um, like the, I think I've seen him in uh, Who's the Murderer season I don't know four or five or something like that, and he's pretty impressive in the sense where he, uh, I never actually seen him in a TV series and watching him in the series and the chemistry between the two. It's actually one that kind of creeps up on you in a subconscious way. Um, there are some really sweet moments, and her character is created really well, just like his character. Um, the story itself is kind of, like, really overused this year. Um, I mean, in 2020, there has been, I think, probably, I haven't watched it all, but it, probably 10 series, which is about the same thing, about faking marriage and then having this contractual marriage type of thing. And, and then, you know, they... They don't, they hate each other at the beginning and then they fall in love at the end and, you know, things happen and then they break them apart and then they eventually come back together. That's, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you might ask why I watch this stuff, but it's really for um, the setup of it. I think in this one, Midsummer Full of Love has my dream house of eternity because the house that they live in is gorgeous um, just the setup of it almost looks like a little mini castle. It's so beautiful. Um, and I mean, I think what's really great about it was I came into this not expecting to a little bit, I guess just a little cautious because, uh, I had just finished watching Dance of the Phoenixes, which is also with Chow Yu Yang. And it was a bit lackluster. It really ended on a bad note for me. 
that when I went into this one, I got a little worried about it. And actually, this character fit her so much better that I'm so happy that I watched it. Uh, and it has so many sweet little moments that just feel really natural between the two. I mean, Midsummer Full of Love, um, probably one of the surprises of, uh, I guess, 2020 for me, since the series was in... Um, aired uh, near the uh, Q3 of, in the third quarter of, um, of 2020, and it's just kind of like a catch-up series for me. Um, that's pretty much about it. I mean, in terms of TV series, uh, I definitely recommend, you know, Bridgerton if you're into that sort of series. If not um, TV drama-wise, it would be Midsummer Full of Love, uh, definitely one that I really, really like. Uh, um, but yeah, that's pretty much the recap of week one. Uh, thanks so much for listening to the first episode. I know this one was a lot of rambling. I'm going to find my pacing at one point. It's going to take a little bit of time. So I'm so glad if you made it to the end. And I really appreciate that you're listening to this. It's going to be pretty much if you're watching this, I'm listening to this, I'm guessing it's going to be via the blog, most of you. Um, you can give a follow to the blog. Um, it's I'm gonna all of the things that I talk about in general um, TV series wise I'm going to do a more thorough type of TV binge post uh, later on for movies it's gonna be in a double feature once I find a movie to pair up with it uh, and you know keep an eye out on Game Warp as well which is gonna have probably the reviews and podcast reviews and discussions on the games that we talked about um, What's Up essentially puts all my projects together and gives like an overview. Um, so yeah, enough of this rambling. Thanks so much for being here. Um, follow, subscribe, leave me a comment. If you're here and you're in heaven, uh, and you're coming from uh, somewhere from the podcasting networks and uh, haven't seen any of uh, where this is coming from, you can always check out my blog, Tranquil Dreams at kllin.g.wordpress.com. I'm also on all the social media. On Twitter, it's Tranquil Dreams underscore. Um, you can also find me on Instagram with Tranquil Dreams, uh, which is pretty much the platforms that I use. Uh, other than I also have the Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com slash Tranquil Dream. Thanks so much again. Have a great evening or morning or whatever is going on. Stay safe and I'll see you in the next podcast. Bye.